All right. Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Ed's October podcast, episode 33. Uh, I'm your host, Coop, and we have some people here to talk Reds baseball with you. First, let's start with the host of the Reds Alert podcast, Stephen Offenbaker. Steve, how are you doing? I am great. Aloha. Yeah, Steve's out there in Hawaii, you know, with the terrible weather of, you know, 85. It's awful. Sunny it's an awful, awful life I live. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for being on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, we also have, here's the thing, Polly. Polly, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> Here's the thing, Reds fans. I'm a little bummed. The Reds depress me now. It's to that, it's to that point in the seasons, but beer will make up for it. Stay positive, Reds fans. Stay positive. Well, and Polly, here's the thing. It's Natter Day. Natter Day. It's definitely Natter Day night. We also have the Woo along with us. Woo, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Looking like the uh, the Reds will no longer be last at Handle Central as the Cardinals are thoroughly beating down the, the Pirates right now. So, well, I know I'm excited. We're, we're excited. We're moving up. Moving Playoffs up. here. Here we here we come. Yeah. And I hear optimism in there, though. There I hear a, optimism. In there. there was a little bit there. We also have you're confusing optimism with sarcasm. They're very close, but yeah, <laughs> very. We also have Ryan on tonight. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing great, guys. You know, you can't spell the hunt for Reds October without the word cunt, and I am so happy to be back. <laughs> Dear God. My goodness. <laughs> I've, been si- I've been sitting on that for like two weeks. It was supposed to be Phil, but he's not on tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there is a C in there, now I think about it, so yeah. Okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got nothing. See you yeah, later, guys. I know. Well, this has been the Hunt for Reds October podcast. And, uh, no, uh, let's get started with some Reds conversation today. Nick Senzel had to leave the game uh, in the top of the first inning after he singled with what appeared to be possibly vertigo symptoms. It looked like he was unsteady on his feet, maybe having trouble focusing. I've never had vertigo, but from people I've talked to, that's kind of the warning signs. How concerned should we be about Nick Senzel? Because this is now at least the third time since he started his pro career through the minors and now with the Reds that he's had about a vertigo. Let's start with you, Polly. Here's the thing. What should we should we be concerned, or is this just something that hopefully he can learn to deal with? I think it's something he can learn to deal with. And I think I knew Vado was dealing with something similar, but part of his symptoms were because of his father. Now, we were pretty real last week, but I just looked up an old article a month ago, and we were in Milwaukee yet again, and Sintel left the game because he was feeling dizzy. And this was June 22nd that he was doing this, too. So do you think that... I think it might be something... Some, I think it's something to do with flying, 
maybe like ears popping. Like I don't know. Like maybe they should really look into this. I was. I think. Sorry. I was, you know, you're fine. You're fine. I was going to say that maybe there's somebody in Milwaukee who's using a sonic uh, weapon against Nixon Zell. What are your thoughts aliens. on that? Aliens. You think it's it could be aliens? Aliens may be living in the uh, greater Milwaukee area. Ryan, your thoughts on Nixon Zell and his unfortunate bout with what we think is vertigo? I mean, I don't know much about vertigo other than I know that Lucio Ostero from Arrested Development had it. And it seemed to really affect her playing baseball. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know much about it um, or ways to treat it. Um, it's unfortunate that one of the Reds, you know, best prospects to come along in a long time is, has it. Um, but it's always seemed like something that's been manageable. If he, I mean, if it takes him a couple weeks to get back, that's, uh, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, a few days, not too bad. But if it's something that is going to affect him for months then you know that's an issue however i mean there's not much that he or the team can really do about it except to just you know let time take care of it (laughs) so uh steven what are your thoughts on the situation here well i think it's probably something we should be fairly concerned about i mean when you're talking about vertigo you're talking about a loss of equilibrium you know it's hard enough to hit a baseball that's being thrown at you 90 miles an hour when the room's not spinning and if you're dealing with about a vertigo, I just don't see that uh, it's something that you can you know navigate through or play through, or you know it's not like a pulled muscle that you can deal with, so to speak. Uh, I'm concerned because of the great links the Reds are going to not use the word vertigo and and call it an illness. I'm also concerned about Senzel's response when questioned if this was vertigo. Uh, he answered, I don't know. And what that tells me is that this feels like it has felt before. The symptoms are striking him like they have struck him before. And that you know he doesn't want to use the word vertigo either. If, if, if this was something different, he would have said so right away to, to quash the fears and dispel the rumors. And he didn't do that. He said, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be in with the trainers today. The problem with vertigo is that it can be triggered by everyday movements. If you turn your head too sharply, if, if you spin around and, you know, how many times do you see a batter in the batter's box where they have to jerk their head out of the way of a pitch that's high and tight or try to, to avoid being hit. Or, you know, when you're running the bases, uh, trying to find where the ball is in the outfield. Uh, all of those natural movements in baseball can serve as triggers to vertigo. So I'm, I'm fairly concerned that if this turns up to be vertigo, that it could be something that you know really stunts his development as a player because you know we've all agreed that he could be a superstar, and this is something that could derail that. Wu, give us your medical expertise on this situation. I mean, this is potentially window-destroying level of news at the end of the day, in my opinion. Um, the the Reds drafting wise, you know he's really their biggest hit, so to speak, to, to date. You know, you have Green back there, um, but there's there's not a lot of his level of talent in the system. You know, realistically, outside of maybe Green, anyone else, um, and they're supposed to be entering their window next year, idealistically. And if this becomes a serious issue, which it easily could become. You're, you're talking about something that could derail the whole show, so to speak. I mean, they have a lot of holes to fill, let alone adding that to the equation. And, it, I mean, it's unfortunate, and you hope for the best, but 
you know, there's plenty of people have had to deal with this, and it's just it's not pretty. So, I mean, it could be it could be it could be a very unfortunate situation for the Reds, and something that, barring some really ridiculous moves uh, by ownership, I don't I don't know if they can really overcome it. I mean, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but um, you know, he, he looked at what he how he produced this season. He's you know projecting to be potentially a, a you know perennial All Star. One of those players that you know you build everything around, and you just pull that foundation out, and uh, you know you could have some ugly consequences from there. So, I think the only thing that that gives me some hope is that he well he has de- dealt with this before, and he's come back each time. I don't know if this is something that gets progressively worse. If there's any, I know there's not really any kind of you know cure or treatment kind of thing. Uh, you can try to mitigate some of the uh, symptoms, but the fact that he's come back before, I think, gives gives me hope that while he might have to deal with this off and on in his career, that he's still going to be able to play at least a majority of a season. And it's really unfortunate for him because let's say he can manage or mitigate a little bit, you know, and the Reds rebound or whatnot, and, and next year, the year after the playoff hunt or in the playoffs, and bam, comes out of nowhere and hits him. You know, it's just... Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. I mean, you know how fans can be, and it's. <laughs> uh, when we get to the today in Reds Facebook uh, segment, we'll, uh, we have a fan that, when you said how fans can be with injuries, yeah, uh, it's unfortunate. To me, I really think it means that no matter what position he's playing, whether it's you know second base, somewhere in the outfield, you've got to make sure you have somebody on your bench. Or playing in a position that can fill in for him admirably. Um, maybe the production doesn't taper off too much. You know, Dietrich is a great bench player, but is he Nixon Zell night in, night out? No. So they need to make sure that to for an insurance policy, they need to have somebody there who can play close to his production once he actually gets the ball rolling. I think that's always something they're going to have to. But if someone's playing close to his production, they should be in a starting lineup. I mean, he's he's realistically projecting to be your player for the next six seasons. Well, yeah, right. Well, I just think that they need to make sure that they always have somebody on the bench who's a strong, you know, strong bat or strong, you know, ball player. I, and that's the only thing I'm saying. In the short term, Phil Phil Irvin could probably be that guy. For sure. Yes. Down can Phil Irvin really? I mean, we. Don't, I mean, with that Sinzella, who's who's the center fielder? That is an actual fielder. It's definitely not Jesse Winker. <laughs> it's not Phil Irvin either. I mean, honestly, I don't know why. Maybe Puig's told him he doesn't want to play center, but Puig, in my opinion, is the best person to fill in at center field. If this is a, a prolonged thing, at least a week or two, this might be an opportunity for the Reds to bring up Aquino and see just how my much boy. of his hitting ability would translate to the majors right now. Um, you know, he's doing well, but... Uh, you know, this might be an opportunity to see if it's uh, if it's for real or not. Well, and also Brian O'Grady can play the corner outfield. So if you say you wanted to move Puig to center field, you could possibly do that. Yeah, I mean, Josh Vanmeter could end up being that player. I mean, it could be someone if he's not taking over second base. Um, you know, let's say they bring back Scooter on an extension, which I highly will get into that later. But. Um, if they do, and you know, Van Meter ends being a bench bat, he's someone who could probably come in and play a couple weeks and give pretty good production. So, I mean, that that type of player is, you know, what I'm envisioning. I got deep. I got deep into. Uh, I think. Have you guys ever noticed 
the sense of like squinting a lot, like looking at the scoreboard, maybe after that bat, he's like squinting a lot. I was just reading about vertigo and vision. Like I know the Reds would probably check his vision, but maybe they should check it again. Do you possibly could be you know, wearing contacts or maybe, I, I don't know. I was thinking about it, trying to look think deep to it. I got to start reading about vertigo, listen to you guys, but vision, I think it's all about his vision, but maybe he it is, it is. Goggles on. Yeah, it's goggles. Damn, that's what I was gonna say. He should get some Chris Sabo goggles. My God, my dick would get so hard. But they can't mess around with it. Will, you're absolutely right. Like this is, this is a major. And like I was like, eh, he may come back from it. He has before, but this is major. Like they're gonna make sure he's fine. But I don't know. It's hopefully he can finish the season. Hopefully they don't pull uh, what they did with Kyle Farmer and you know, sitting out there with a concussion for an entire game. So I'm glad they at least pulled him out of the game. And honestly, Delano De Shields was the one who really got everyone's attention. If you, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, he got the first base. Delano De Shields was like, "Come out now!" But he could tell right away that there was something wrong. Uh, he dealt with it last year too, at the beginning of the season uh, in Triple A. So Delano De Shields knows knows Nick right. very well. Exactly. It seems like so. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was going to be actually my next question. I could remember when where. When the Shields was uh, in Triple A, if it was last year or the year before. Yeah, it was last year. This is the first. This is his first year up in the majors yeah. as a coach. Okay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so let's move on to our next topic, and I just briefly touched on it. The Cincinnati Reds are possibly having to go to their sixth string catcher after today, when uh, Juan Gratterall was took a couple of balls off the mask. You've got Tucker Barnhart on the IL. Kirk Casale on the I.L., who is probably going to be out for a little while. You've got Kyle Farmer, who has CTE. And then now you have Juan Gratterall, who could possibly be out. So you're down to LaVarnaway, who had that, I mean, two-home run game his first game. But, I mean, come on, he's Ryan LaVarnaway. Who's the next option? The next option, obviously, is not on the 40-man, so who goes if... Juan Gretterall is out. Steven, let's start with you. Is it Stuart Turner? Is it somebody from outside the organization? What happens? You know, I think if it really came down to it, I think they would do another move similar to what they did with LaVarnway, which is go outside the organization to grab somebody that has had some kind of major league experience somewhere along the way. But I don't think it's going to come to that. I don't I, I don't feel like what happened today with Gretterall is... is as significant an injury as what Kyle Farmer suffered. And uh, Kyle Farmer met with doctors today, I believe, in Cincinnati and is supposed to head out for a one-game uh, rehab assignment uh, within the next couple days, I believe, and then he'll be back on the active roster. So uh, unless they diagnose Greaterall with a concussion, which I think we would probably would have heard that already, I suspect they'll make it through the next few days and then Kyle Farmer will be back on the roster. Well, let's hope that uh, Kyle Farmer didn't go to the same doctors that killed Neil Armstrong. Uh, Ryan. Oh. Oof. God, wow. Oh, yeah. my. Jesus. Whoo. Uh, never, never forget. I don't never. know where you, I don't know I don't where know you go from there. That. Wow. I don't know how to follow that. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Uh, honestly, Stuart Turner, it should be. It should be Stuart Turner um, who gets the call up. I don't know why. Somebody's explained it before, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody explained why they wouldn't want to do that. Um, and I think it's because they don't want to, if they have to take him off the 40-man, they don't want to try to pass him through waivers again. 
Um, so, you know, I can understand them not wanting to do that, but I agree with Steven. They'll probably go outside of the organization um, to bring someone else in. And as far as someone who can go, I mean, I have, I have no idea. I'm, I'm looking at the 40 man right now, and I just I don't see anyone that you'd want to get rid of. Um, and I don't see anyone that you could pass through waivers and they would actually make maybe. it without being. Oh, right. um, maybe Jose Suri. Sur- Jose Suri, um, maybe. David, no, he's got. He'll get screwed up. David Hernandez. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not going to get rid of him. Um, not. Guys. They're not going to. RJ Alanis. Alanis. I don't know who. I don't know how to say his last name. I have no idea who the hell he is. Um, but uh, he's on the forty man, it seems, and so you could probably uh, try to. You could probably release him and add a catcher if you have to. Here's the thing, Polly. Here's the thing. I'm going back to a previous case with uh, Keith Law when he mentioned like Jose Suri moving back down. Like he's not really doing much for the Reds right now. Somebody could drop him the 40 man right now, and he could probably clear waivers because he hasn't done shit the last few years. But I don't a- know. I don't think he does. I don't think he passes waivers. Somebody, uh, the Padres need center field help in their organization. They pick him up. Um, Blue Jays need center field help. They would pick him up. I mean, there's a lot of teams I think that would value his skill set. Um, I don't think he'd make it through waivers. We should be calling up. Where's that Joe Connor guy? Is in uh, Oakland's Connor Joe. He's, Connor in, he's, Joe. In, he's in. He's in the Dodgers organization. Uh, I think. I had a lot of hope for him to make not make the team, but like at least I don't know. Gosh, yeah, I did. I, I liked him. What's he doing? <laughs> What's wrong with Tyler uh, Tyler Stevenson? Is he just not ready? Or not pushing him? I mean, that would. Well, he's 21, so that means he's at least four years away in the Reds' eyes. That's true. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Give us your thoughts. <sighs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, well, uh, you know, take Garrall, Geritol, and kick him off if, if it comes to that. I mean, it, it's a dick move, but if you got to make Rand on the room, 40 man, make room on the 40 man, lose one of the catchers. I, I don't know. It's a tough place to be in. They also have Alex Wood coming back once Tanner Roark's traded, and they're going to have to make room at that point because he's on the 60-man DL. Barnhart maybe can come back soon. I don't know what his timetable is. I saw that he's getting close, and uh, we could have a backup catcher at that point. So I thought I saw that Casale could be so way. He could possibly be a candidate. I mean, if it's bad enough with him, maybe they end up moving him to 60-man. I don't know. Um, who knows? <laughs> but at the end of the day, unless you're willing to part with Someone else, <clears throat> I think somebody that's your, that's your, you know, third line catcher. Maybe you go, okay, <laughs> it sucks you're hurt, but you know we're not putting somebody else out for waivers. So, do we know how long it's going to take for Farmer to come back? Have, has there been any update on him? Well, Stephen just said he was. Yeah, he uh, he uh, on, he just he he just went to the doctor today and. Oh, okay. Is projected, I'm sorry. I was. He's, I was he's projected to do a rehab start. Within the next couple of days, and then be back on the active roster. And he's okay, on the submit. and he's on the seven day concussion IL, so he can yeah he's pretty okay. much available to come back right away. So, so they could just they could just play Lavarnway um, and pray to God that he doesn't get hurt, and then you know Farmer can come back. No, or Tucker. You know what they say? It's a Lavarnway to the top if you want to rock and roll. <laughs> Is Burmy on? What's going on here? <laughs> Uh, true story, though, that just reminded me of uh, School of Rock and Jack Black. And I just got tickets to uh, go see Tenacious D 
at Ascend Amphitheater. So I'm very excited. Cock ass. So, so under the hypothetical that they <laughs> didn't pick up any other catcher, and it's just looking away, it who who would be that emergency person that's on the? I would have to say Dietrich. Dietrich, maybe Vado. They will never play ever. It'll never happen. He would talk to him too much. I mean, he would. Joey Votto couldn't catch when he was a catcher. Um, <laughs> if, if you've seen the scouting reports on Joey Votto when he was playing the catcher position, he had no clue what he was doing back there, even when he was listed as a catcher. Now, Steven, if you believe the rumors, <laughs> Joey Votto is very good at catching. <laughs> Oh, dear God. Oh, 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 God. You fell for it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I set you guys up for that one so good. I was I was, I was, was hoping that Stephen would leave it, leave it for me, and he did. So thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> for, emergency, for emergency catcher, I have seen uh, Matt Bowman's name floated around. Apparently, somewhere in his baseball career, he was a catcher. Uh, before he became a pitcher, or while he was a pitcher. Um, so they have mentioned him as an emergency catcher. And I know that we all saw the shots of Suarez in the dugout no, pretending like he was going to get a shot at it. No, but no, there, no. I don't see any scenario <laughs> where the Reds would allow that to happen. For some, for some dumb reason, I keep imagining Scooter going, I'll go do that job. I'll do it. Oh, I don't know why. Well, he's, well, he's blue collar and gritty, of course. Well, exactly right, and he couldn't throw the ball to second, probably you know, from to two seconds. So, sure, nah, like about it'd be like uh, the catcher from Major League Two. Gosh darn it, the heck! <laughs> he, says, he says that. He says that. All right, let's move on to our next topic. We've all talked, both us on this podcast, Stevens talked on his podcast, Jeff Carr has talked on his podcast, Chad Dotson's talked on his podcast about the trade deadline and who you would like to see the Reds to trade. But I want to do something a little different. Who would you want to target in a trade? So let's say the Reds trade somebody like a Tanner Rourke or a Yasiel Puig or a Rysel Iglesias or whoever. What prospects or major league players would you want to target in a deal? So here's the thing. Let's start with you, Paulie. What kind of Here's the th- what kind of what kind of player would you target if you were the Reds? I want an MLB ready guy. I kind of want a guy who has a chip on his shoulder, and I'm leading myself and us into this conversation here. I really, really want Clint Frazier. Me too. Multiple for multiple reasons. One, I think he's easy to get. And I think you could package a deal with Puig and Rourke to the Yankees right now. Just say hey, call him up. Say hey. Send us Clint Frazier. We'll send these two guys right now. Where would and Puig, I think where would Puig play in New York though? Until Aaron, until Stanton comes back, he's going to take. He's going to play in the outfield somewhere. Brett Gardner is going to wear down in the next couple months. He's thirty-five years old. I mean, they could use Puig up and down that roster right now, without a doubt. Oh. Clint Frazier is the man right now. I want in the Reds uniform. That's that's who I would. Really want to target as well. Uh, Wu, who would you target? I I would love to, in a, in this fancy world, uh, uh, live, love to see uh, Lindor come back, come over. That, that's who I would target. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I know. 
package it, make it happen. I know it's not going to happen, but that's, you know, we could say general last, journalistic things like, you know, a controllable bat or, you know, somebody that's MLB ready. Um, but outside of that, um, if I could make a deal to make him a red, I, I, I'd make it happen. Steve. Well, you guys have both said both of the names I was going to say, but I think it speaks to the type of player the Reds should be looking at and it's a player that does have at least a couple years of team control that in the case of, of a Lindor that you know what you're getting a guy that's already produced uh, I do know what I don't want I know you guys have seen the um, the rumors the last couple days of uh, was it Blackman being yes. possibly shopped and you know this is a guy that you know he's 33 years old uh, he's in the decline phase, and and we that's not something that helps us long term, nope. and and the Reds can't the the Reds can't fall into that trap. Whatever they do, they can't fall into that trap. It it would be better to stand pat than to go out and get a guy like that. Ryan, I have thoughts. Um, so there's a first time uh, for everything. Yes, first time for everything. Uh, Contact so, a doctor. Did you talk to the front office? <laughs> oh wow, Polly. Okay. Um, so, you know, every, I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but I made a very, uh, a very, I put my foot down and said I did not want Charlie Blackman because his home road splits are awful. His age contracts terrible. If you're going to pay that money, you're going to pay a league to stay here. Um, as far as who I would want to target. Um, and I've said this numerous times in you know messages and, and things like that is I want um, I want them to target top prospects who are blocked by their major league team. Uh, guys that I'm looking at are um, Kyle Tucker um, from the Houston Astros. Uh, he can come in and, and play in the outfield if we if they don't plan on re-signing Puig, he's someone who could fill in at right field or set their right field and play a very good right field for them for the next, you know, seven, six, seven years um, until they, you know, trade them away or don't sign them because they're cheap. Um, and then, you know, Clint, Clint Frazier is a guy who's obviously um, on a lot of people's wish list. So he'd be someone that'd be good. Um, Nick Gordon from the Twins, uh, shortstop. He's blocked right now. And he has Royce Lewis behind him who's going to overtake him at some point. Um, so... You know, his future is, does not lie with the Minnesota Twins. Um, and then another guy that I was kind of thinking about was uh, possibly, and, you know, depending on what the price is, because he could be relatively cheap um, as far as acquiring, is taking the chance and buying low on someone like Lewis Brinson, who's in the Marlins organization right now. Um, they've got a lot. They've got Victor Victor Mesa who's um, the guy, their international prospect they signed this year, the top international prospect. Um, he's a center fielder, plays the same position as Lewis Brinson. You've got Monta Harrison, who's a top prospect. He was in the, uh, the Futures game this year. Um, he's breaking down the door for major league time. You know, he plays center field, which is what Lewis Brinson plays. So he's someone maybe you could throw in a, you know, a couple lower-level prospects or, or a, a – lower level prospect for uh get back on the cheap you know, put him out in the outfield and see how he plays he you know he was a one of the top prospects in all of baseball just a couple of years ago he's somebody you could buy low on it would be fantastic um as far as established 
major league players. Um, you know, you can look at the Mets. Ahmad, uh, Ahmed Rosario could be acquired. Um, you know, because the Mets are they're they've said they're going to be sellers and get Michael Conforto, Ahmed Rosario. There's a, a lot of guys that you could technically go out and get who, you know, maybe they're not established major league players, but they've got the top prospect shine on them, and they're blocked and they're not going to get the playing time with their current teams. So you know, get out there and sell off guys like Rourke and um, Hughes. And if it takes selling off an Amir Garrett to get a better piece back, I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, I don't think anyone on this team is, uh, other than Joey, is untouchable. Joey and Suarez and Senzel. I think anyone can be traded at any time. So, you know, bring back these guys who are blocked by other organizations and put them out there in September, let them get their feet wet, and then hit the ground running in 2020 with the young core. All right. So, for me, obviously Clint Frazier was one of my players to target. I also like Kyle Tucker. In my dream scenario... Gavin Lux from the Dodgers. I would love that. Fantastic. That would probably cost you Amir Garrett plus something else of value. We just take Luis Castillo off the table now. I don't see anyone paying the price that it would require for the Reds to trade him. But no. <coughs> let's, let's India it's get did get promoted to double A actually recently. Jonathan India did yeah. So you mentioned trading Garrett right? And this is kind of one of these things that I think about looking at how look well, look what the pitching staff has done year to year, right? And like a 180. Are the, are the red are the Reds going to say we're very confident what we can do with a pitcher here in Cincinnati? We'll let an Amir Garrett go because we're going to just throwing this out as a hypothetical. Really, we we, got, we we have confidence that we're going to be able to target somebody and sign them and 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 pull you know turn their career around for them. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and absolutely, and, and as streaky as relievers are, oh, I mean, there's it, no man. telling. There's no telling what Amir Garrett shows up next season. So while he's hot and his value is as high as it is, absolutely deal that guy if you get a, a good return. Uh, I have no question in my mind you would trade him. And, and, and along the same line, I'm really interested to see where the the Reds coming into this trade deadline. With that in mind, they should be selling to buy for the future. But does that you know you're going to get that? That pitcher maybe that struggled, that the, the you know the, the coaching staff has identified as you know we we think we can do something with him, and so at first you're going to not be ha- very happy with the return. Oh, that's a bad return. But then come, you know, late May next season, you're like hell. That's a that's a we 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 stole it. We you know we just we robbed them on that trade. So I'm I just mean, a, little, a, guy, a perfect guy for that is Sunny uh, Gray. Right. Well, some I mean you could go out and get um, you know if you want to replace a lefty. Um, you know, Adam Libertori, who was with the Dodgers for years. Um, you know, I think he's out with a knee injury this year. I think he's just CL and, that, and he's not with an organization last time I checked. He's someone you could go out and sign, you know, as long as his medicals check out. I mean, he's a lefty, I think, that had an ERA in the twos, you know, last season. So, you, I mean, he's a little bit older, but if you want to bring in another lefty who's a veteran, you could pick off scrap, you come in and probably pl- pitch pretty well. I mean, that's a guy that I would definitely – definitely be you know looking at next uh, offseason well and there's a whole offseason to make other moves to replace somebody that you would potentially trade don't tell tom this right. it's foreign yeah, yeah i know but personally i would love to keep amir garrett but if you can deal him at his highest value for an impact player in the future a potential impact player 
why not? You're not competing there. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's let's learn from the Ricelli Glacius example where they didn't trade him when he was at his highest value. And I don't know right now that you would get very much in return for him at all because they waited too long. Here's the thing. I've said this for weeks. The Reds had to be fucking smart about this shit this time. And they have days now. And they're not being fucking smart. Well, we're a week from the trade deadline. And this isn't just a Reds thing. It has been really quiet. Too quiet. Too quiet, yeah. There's one trade deadline this year. I thought that there was going to be a lot more movement in the last two to three weeks. It's a, game of, it's a game of chicken, right? It's new. No one knows what to expect. And a lot of teams are in it. And I think it's somebody's waiting for someone you know, who's going to blink first type of... You, you know, there's a couple attitudes. You can go set the market, potentially, or you know, everyone's like, well, I got you know those who are sellers, I got leverage because there's so few, and I'm going to wait. Right. And this is exactly so, how the offseason was as well. Yeah. So one of the things I listened to today was um, The Athletic. Uh, you know, Saris and Derek Van Riper do a podcast with The Athletic, and they were talking about how, you know, because the there's only one deadline this year, that there's going to be some teams who are theoretically in it that have to make that haven't made that decision that have to make the decision if they're in or out. And they were talking about the look that it's going to give in a bad way to major league baseball and to like their fan base. Then one of the teams they brought up were the reds. And they said that, you know, yes, we're, we're technically still in it, but we have to sell now or else we're not going to be able to sell these pieces. And it's going to give a really bad look. I mean, honestly, it's so quiet. The teams just, haven't made that. Haven't made their minds up yet. It's getting close to shit or get off the pot time, though. Yeah, I think there's going to be a flurry of moves, and it's all going to happen on one. And then Rob Manfred's going to love it because his major league trade that trade deadline, like his idea, worked, and it's become the NBA trade trade deadline, where it's just a flurry of deals happening. And here's the thing: baseball wants what the NBA has in terms of trade deadline and free agency. The NBA also hockey and hockey, too. Also hockey. but yeah, and hockey, yeah. the NBA trade deadline and NBA free agency are so much better than major league baseball. There is so much movement, so much interest that especially when you consider what baseball went through this off season with guys who should have been signed in October or November going into training camp, training camp, spring training, Without a job. Or you have Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell who had to wait until they didn't have pick attached to them. I think there's going to be changes. I think this offseason combined with what we saw at the start of NBA free agency this year, they can't. baseball can't just sit on their thumbs on this one. That's my take. I concur. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Uh, why don't we move on to <laughs> the live reading of today in Red's Facebook? And there's uh, there's a few things on here we need to we need to talk about. So oh, hold on, I have breaking news here. Break it. The pirates threw at somebody again. So imagine. Oh that. no shit. Yep. Hate right. to see it. Uh, some cardinal. So it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> some doesn't well, matter, yeah. but. Uh, so interesting. The Jong. So, you know, uh, let's see here. I guess yesterday he hit two home runs and a double, so they threw at him. Imagine that. I mean, who would have thought? That's getting... Clint that's Hurley. ridiculous. 
Clint Hurdle's a little bitch. Let's just say that. Clint fuck, Hurdle fuck is Clint a Hurdle. bitch. Drinks Sorry, whiskey out of a Diet Right can during the games. I think he drinks piss out of a Diet Right can. Yeah, I guess he had two home runs and a double in his first three at-bats, and so the Pirates weren't. Clint Hurdle wasn't very happy. How, how dare you do good? Anyway, let's get to today <laughs> Reds Facebook. Uh, so, again today, the Reds lost after having a couple of different leads. Josh Van Meter hit a massive home run. The people had some things to say. Mark says, David Bell's new name is The Magician. With his analytics and pitching changes, he is great at making leads disappear. Never should have pulled Sims. And, <sighs> yeah. All right. And then this right anti-David Bell stuff is just, oh my God. It's because they hate who his daddy is. I'm not going to read all of them, but there are two guys on here. One is Alan, and another's name is Dan, who were going off about Nick Senzel in his vertigo. Oh, I hate this already. <laughs> Dan says he was replying to someone saying any Senzel, hope it's not vertigo. Dan says 99%, 99.9% it's vertigo. Time to retire. That young man is 24 years old. What the fuck are you talking about? Jesus. Alan says they never should have called him up. <laughs> yeah, that's the right answer. What a dumbass. I mean, Jesus if they did wait Christ. longer, he could he could be a catcher right now. So <laughs> he could have learned a whole other position or two or maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> and he could just be all over the infield. So saying there's some validity uh, there. Could be the million dollar man right now. <laughs> Donna says Garrett needs to be sent down. His pitching is awful. I mean, <laughs> what's, Donna, whatever you're smoking. Don't smoke it anymore. Donna, you need to do something. You need to do something about that hair. That's all I'm going to say. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny the way that people react, especially why it's so localized on Facebook. I don't I don't understand it, but you know, people Boomers. like people Facebook watch, is awful. I I guess because it, you, just that, you know, so you look at a, a an Amir Garrett as an example. You know, you take his his last month of baseball. He's three and zero with a two point oh three ERA in thirty games. You know, he struck out forty five and walked seventeen. How in the hell can you have the courage to go on w- with your name attached to it and and show that level of ignorance to just throwing people in, and putting them on blast? I just I don't understand people's willingness to make asses of themselves. Uh, but you know, I mean, we all sit around and talk to Phil, so I guess we do have a tolerance. And, but. and, we're, and we're on this podcast, so we do, yeah. we do. Yeah, yeah. Do you think Reds? Do you think ball players or professional athletes in general like look at comments and just like laugh about it, like I, in their I, off time, or, I think or so. you know? Well, I know Amir Garrett reads things that he's mentioned in, and especially things if if, if on the Twitter side he's tagged in them, he does read them, and and a lot of times will respond. Uh, and in fact, I I had a back and forth with him uh, during spring trading, and it was a it was a good back and forth. B- but you know, I know he reads these things. Shout out to yeah. Amir if you're listening. I think some yeah. people don't. He's, it's really just down to the type of player at the end of the day. So so Jim was talking about uh, Van Meter's home run. And he says, I think Vado has learned something from him. His approach now looks more like Van Meter's. Yeah, that's right. Oh Jim. my no no. Jesus. <laughs> no. Just throw the just throw the whole damn account in the trash and start over. 
Jesus. I do this thing where I type something and I and I step back and I read it. I have to because so I, have I foot and mouth disease thing and some yeah. People take that advice on Facebook today. I I unfriended yeah. my mother today on Facebook, so that's that was fun. <laughs> to which she responded, <laughs> "Finally." Uh, actually, I don't think she knows yet. Is it because you're moving out? Is that why? Oh, that's a good one. Actually, uh, the front no, office. She's with some racist chicks. So I unfriended her. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to today. Red's Facebook. Uh, there was a post of uh, it being three-year anniversary of Ken Griffey Jr. being inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Greg says he could have been the best ever if he wasn't dogging it and hurt all the time. Oh, I want to fight that person. You know, it's hard to perform at your top level when your muscle is stapled to your bone. His his hamstring literally detached from his leg. Literally. What's this guy's name? His What's the guy's Greg. name that, that comes? Greg. Greg. Go back in your trailer with your cut-off t-shirt on and go fuck your mother again. Jesus Christ, I hate these people. Based on his picture... Is that what your wife tells you, Ryan? (laughs) What? What is it? Is that what What your wife tells you, Ryan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's mean, but she's not not that mean. Based on his his picture, Greg is an Ohio State fan, so he's probably not very bright. Easy. So he lives in the trailer... So he lives in a trailer down in the bottoms of Lucasville, Ohio. Good for him. That was today's Ugh. live reading of today in Red's Facebook. There are my comments in there if you want to go through some of the threads that, from today. But uh, those were just the ones I picked out. I didn't want to. Sit, I could sit there and read for a half an hour, but those were just a select few that I picked out. So now you're all dumber. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don't spoil my fun. Now we're going to get to a new segment. And I'm going to give credit where credit is due. The Woo is the one who came up with this segment. The Corn Hog of the Week. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, shout out to me, at Onokoop, you know what the Corn Hog is. So, on the podcast, the Corn Hog is going to be the biggest dick of the week. So what we're going to do is we're all going to go around and nominate the biggest dick of the week, and then we'll decide on who is the winner. Steven, let's start with you. Oh, I was afraid you were going to do that. I'm not I'm not quite ready. Come back around. All right. Steven's having trouble getting it up. So, woo, let's start with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, when we had the uh, the meltdown earlier this week and the pen runs against, you know, the Cardinals, everyone's losing their shit. Um, I couldn't help but think, you know, everyone's pissed at, you know, players or the front office and this and that and I, I rarely hear Bob Castellini's name mentioned and where we're at right now you know a lot of Votto hate came out and stuff like that you know some contract stuff and how he's not producing and and we won't get into that side uh, side topic there but um, this rebuild and where we're at now is realistically at least one if not two seasons behind where they're at where, where they should be and it's because you know, you can look at two people at the end of the day, one being Bob, the other being Walt. And uh, back in 2014, uh, they should have sold a lot of chips then and gotten, gotten some top prospects that would have taken, 
you know, two, three years, four years maybe to be MLB ready, but they would have been some premier type of player, you know, a Sinzel layer level type of player. Um, but they didn't. And, you know, one of the big reasons was Bob, uh, another reason being the all-star game. Um, you know, now I will give credit to Walt uh, that year. You know, we made the Sinzel, uh, sorry, the uh, Suarez deal. Uh, is really the only good thing that came out of that time period. Um, and, you know, even in the following year, you know, Bruce, uh, the Bruce deal or lack thereof for him. Um, there needs to be a lot of blame. Uh, you know, if everyone's upset and right now about, oh, we're not making the playoffs, where there's a lot of holes to fill for next season. A lot of that blame sits, you know, with Bob and Walt at the end of the day and not really with Dick Williams. You know, sure, it's his third technical season, but that, even that first season, um, you know, Walt was there overshadowing everything. It was well documented. It was basically training wheel season for him. Um, you look at what the organization has done in the last two seasons and the shift in dynamics, analytics, um, what they've been able to do getting their type of people on board. There's a lot there to be excited about for whether or not this next window works and that they stay around for the long run, who knows. But I really feel that, you know, hey, Bob is the corn hog of the week because we should be doing a shit ton better than we are right now, and it's because of him as the owner. Wu was nominated, nominated Bob Castellini. Bob Castellini, fuck yourself. Ryan, your nomination. Um, my nomination um, was actually going to be Walt Jockety for the same reasons that Wu just uh, put out there. Um, so since, uh, since the Wu took Bob, I'm going to put out Walt Jockety. Walt Jockety, go fuck yourself. Here's the thing, Polly. Who's the dick of the week, the corn hog of the week for you? LeBron James, Taco Tuesday, because Will and Ryan took my answers <laughs> for me to speak. <laughs> Seriously, I'm tired of this Taco Tuesday at ESPN. Quit being dick bags and let me know what Taco Tuesday is. I know what Tuesdays are. I love tacos. I'll eat them whenever I want. Hey, Don't want to tell me ESPN. Hey, Polly. Yeah. I had tacos yesterday. It was Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Everyone can have tacos on Tuesday. I just want to eat LeBron James at ESPN every fucking Tuesday. Let me know. That's it. LeBron James. Paulie wants you to go fuck yourself. Steve, circle back. All right, I, I'm ready now. And and I was I was trying to decide if I wanted to go this direction and and, and spark this conversation. And I decided that I do. So my nomination is Tom Brenneman. That was going to be mine, damn it. And let me tell you why. So Fuck that motherfucker. He, he continues to, you know, for whatever problems you have with the way he actually calls a game and does his job, the thing that bothers me the most is he really doesn't seem to put any effort in getting any better. And he doesn't put any effort into embracing new technologies, new terminologies, new ways to doing things. And what really pushed me over the edge this week with him was him making fun of Eugenio Suarez's accent indirectly on the broadcast. And I don't know yes. if you guys caught it or not, that, yeah. but, you know, for a guy that has already been in a bit of a bind this season, you would think at this point he would be operating on the plane of I need to to watch what I say and how I say it. And he clearly just doesn't get it. So my hope is that once Marty is retired and, you know, everybody has an opinion on Marty. I'm I'm a fan of Marty. And 
taking Marty's career as a whole. And 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 Tom is here because Marty is here. And they're not going to fire Tom because Marty is here. But once Marty is gone, I don't know when Tom Burnham's contract is up, but it can't be soon enough. And I really want to see the broadcast team be Jim Day and Chris Welsh full time. Having talked to Chris, you know, he puts in effort, he does research, he puts in a lot of work to get ready for the broadcast. And I just can't imagine that Tom's doing that same thing and I'm ready for him to go. Tom Burnham, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, Tom. My name hate him. <laughs> And Jim Day, I hope. We have a great day, Jim Day. My nomination for <laughs> Cornhog of the Week is none other than Bengals owner Mike Brown. Mike Brown, oh. you are the worst owner in professional sports. You made me give up my Bengals fandom because I just can't stand everything about you. I hate you. Cool. Fuck you, Mike Brown. Wow. So, wow. 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 Um, I don't feel bad. You have, you have a point. <laughs> I, Coop, point. Point to where Mike Brown touched you. <laughs> <laughs> so our nominee. This is a this is a yeah this is a baseball podcast, but I like yeah Mike Brown might be the worst owner in professional sports. You're right about that one, Coop. <laughs> so our nominees are Bob Castellini. LeBron James, Walt Jockety, Tom Brenneman, and Mike Brown. Who is the Cornhog of the Week? I think this sounds like a great Twitter poll to throw out there. Just just saying. That's a great idea. That is a I think there's idea. a good tie. This week, especially, there let might be the a tie. Let the people decide. Come on. We will let... That is a good idea, Lou. I'll create a Twitter poll. Uh, I'll do it on the main uh, podcast account, and then I'll retweet it out with my other accounts. And uh, we'll let it go for a week, or maybe not a week, maybe just like a couple of days. And then we'll have, I've already asked Storm Chaser Nick to create a uh, trophy with Cornhog in it. We will, especially <laughs> if the person has Twitter, we, I would tweet it to them that they are the corn, the biggest Cornhog of the week. But we will the people decide. So Coop, when you put that out there, you're not going to be able to put them all in one poll? It won't give you that many choices. You're going to have to split that into uh, rounds. Or we, go. or we just drop one. LeBron James. Okay. Yeah. Least we'll relevant. LeBron. That's fine. <laughs> so that'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. Let's go around the room and get everybody's final thoughts. Ryan, give us your final thoughts. My final thoughts are, well, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, but it's time to regroup and, uh, and uh, come out in 2020 and kick ass. Steven, your final thoughts. My final thoughts pertain to Phil Razor. <laughs> and <laughs> Phil Phil is obviously ducking me. This is the second time now that I've been on and and he has not because he's a little bitch. Um, basically <laughs> he he you know, he responded to a question from my podcast the other day and you know, his question to me was, you know, why have I not had him on as my podcast as a guest. And I was hoping to tell him today the reason why that is. And the reason why that is is basically Red Slurp Podcast has yet to hit rock bottom. <laughs> and that's why Phil hasn't been on yet. And, you know, <laughs> I was going to I was gonna put that reply out there and put the hashtag, something along the lines of uh, hashtag 
razor equals desperation. But then I realized that that was actually the slogan all the chicks in high school he tried to take to prom used. So it's actually trademarked already. Wow. So, you know, <laughs> I know... I know that right now Phil's out in Iowa somewhere doing unspeakable things to an ear of corn, and that's okay. I understand <laughs> he's, a little, doing it he's a little busy to be on the podcast, but I will try once again sometime on the road to come back on this podcast and, and give Phil the opportunity to address his concerns to me directly. Uh, there are my final thoughts. <laughs> Woo, give us your final thoughts if you can after that. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, my my final thoughts is um, earlier this week I had a tweet where uh, I got confused on the thread and sort of sent out a Joey Votto contract type of thing. And the person was actually talking about big heading into that. So my bad. Uh, wait at wager metrics. Sorry about that. It got some attention and got plenty of people talking about Votto, which annoyed me for a while. Uh, my th- final thoughts. Um, it's going to be interesting. We got a week to the deadline. I hope the Reds are are smart, and I hope they're looking forward next year. And none of this. Let's get a bullpen arm crap, which is the dumbest thing because they need offense and uh, aren't looking for any short term solutions. So that's it. And Positive here, momentum. Here's the thing, Polly. Give us your final thoughts. Here's the thing. I said for weeks. Let's be smart, Reds. Let's be smart, but. Let's play for next year. So, shout out to Ram. Shout out to Burmey. Have a good week, fellas. Yes, definitely shout out to Unc Ram. At Unc Ram on Twitter. Uh, I also want to shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, the Cincy Sports Gallery. Go there for all your corn hog needs. So, shout out to uh, shout out to the Cincy Sports Gallery. That's not like a weird laugh. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's like... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm tired. Okay, I've had a long day. <laughs> Hard moving out. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily the trailer's not far. No, I Did the front think, office I let you move out of your parents' house? Oh. Shout out to Ryan's mom on Facebook. Uh, fuck you, mom. Uh, okay, so my uh, my other final thought was that I had a little bit of a tweet storm about this earlier. If you want to go find it, if not, it's okay. I'll just go fuck myself. But. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. That leads me to believe that the Reds are going to do not much of anything at the deadline. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm probably right. So, for Steven, who is the host of the Reds Alert podcast, like and subscribe. It's a good podcast. I listen to it every time he puts one out there. That's no bullshit. So for Steven, for Wu, for Polly, and for Ryan, this is Coop saying uh, we'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio Cincinnati where the river winds Across the Mason and the Dixon line And the ways for me I know Cincinnati, Ohio Cincinnati, Ohio Cincinnati, Ohio